welcome back to Book Clubbed. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a long, long while. Yes, it certainly has. Um, what happened was that our podcast got so famous that we had to fake our deaths and then uh, start anew. Big part of being gone uh, was I, personally, I didn't really... The, so those, yeah, the first book we did, Fault in Our Stars, those first five episodes or so, uh, there's some good stuff there, there's some bad stuff there. Uh, I think maybe I specifically came off a little harsh at first. A very, uh, very hate, a lot, a lot of hate on John Green there, which I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some I truth mean. truth there, but maybe a little There's a difference overblown. between criticism and just being nasty, I guess. So I think it, it's best if we, you know, kind of dial it back, maybe take more of a, uh, professional sort of stance i'm wearing a sweater i'm wearing some slacks yeah no i just i felt like i sort of had a bit of a bitter attitude uh on the last one for yeah. some of it it was still i think a lot of what we said still holds holds up yeah 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 no yeah. no no doubt yeah some tone adjustment needed anyway some tone adjustment but overall our message was good however in a keeping with uh oh um i'm mclean by the way just so we're clear on that that's that's Jake on the other end. I think I said that. Did I say that? I don't think you did, bud. But oh, if okay. you didn't, if you did, then I just said it. Well, perhaps to you then. But one of the things we're keeping, or at least uh, is bleeding over from the first season, I call it season one, is uh, our love of exotic and strange sodas. I don't even have a soda with me. I have, um, uh, this is opening weekend for the local farm, Deedering Orchards. They had a cider release party this weekend. Ah, and yes. in between the rains, there, it was kind of nice this morning. And I went out and I got a jug of apple cider. And I'm drinking that now. How I delightful. I love it so much. It is delightful. Uh, me personally, I'm drinking um, a soda you've probably never heard of, Jake. It's called Iron Brew. I-R-N-B-R-U. It's uh, made in Scot- Scotland. It's very popular there. It regularly outsells Coca-Cola. Yeah, it's a it's a big deal there. Apparently, the FDA is real sketch about it, though. So the only way you can get it into the U.S. Wait, so wait, why? why what's why, wrong? What's is uh, it something weird in there? One of the dyes or the colors they use in the Scotland mix is the FDA has not uh, certified for human consumption. <laughs> so uh, instead, you have That's to the get the best kind of thing to consume. Yes, exactly. Instead, you have to get. Uh, there's an American company that like imports it, and they make like an FDA approved version. So, oh, I think is that's it as good as the Scotland version? I wouldn't know. One of my coworkers this summer, she went to Scotland and said that she was gonna. She tried to bring me back a bottle or a can of it, but they wouldn't let her take it on the plane. So I just have to had to buy a fifteen dollars six pack. Huh. You know that? Yeah, when I was in I was in Mexico and I got this. Uh, it was at this uh, sort of marketplace area, and I bought this crazy looking hot sauce. Just it was hot sauce. That's what it was. It was like some kind of habaneros. I I don't remember, but it looked super spicy. And I thought to myself, my brother Bronson would like that. I am going yes, to purchase would. this for three pesos. I don't remember how much it was, but uh, yeah, they took it from me at customs. Ah, oh, what a sad story. I know. Anyway, I was very upset about that. Yeah, this Iron Brew was a very interesting soda. I'm not sure if I'd drink it if it wasn't for the novelty of it. But it, I will say it is better than Coke. It's got like an orange flavor to it with a bit of metallic flavor to it, hence the iron, Wait, I guess. so like it's, it's Coke, but it's orange flavored? No, I wouldn't say that. I'm not sure what I'd call it. It's not really like many American sodas. It's got like a weird vague orange flavor. 
but also it's weird. So maybe sometime you'll try it and then you'll find out. Sometime when I come down, next time I'm over there, save me a can. I think I'll What'd you get it by the way? Then. I bought it off Amazon. Fifteen bucks for a six. Oh Amazon. Pack. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Amazon, they still haven't gotten me my book yet. Ooh. Hmm. Oh yeah, books. That's what we talk about here on the show. Oh, that's right. So we had actually, yeah, one of the reasons we were gone for so long <clears throat> was a combination of me not liking what we'd made to an extent, but also um, we were planning on doing uh, another John Green book uh, until I decided maybe we shouldn't just beat it upon John Green. <laughs> Too easy. Yeah. But it was an, another one he did called um, "In the Abundance of Catherine's." It looked downright dumb. Maybe we'll uh, do that for a future I, show. I was gonna say that book is so dumb it has to be done eventually. It's under my bed it, waiting. It's waiting. Yeah, I lost my copy, so I'd have to get a new one. But eventually we will do that. So anyway. Man, that's rough having to buy John Green twice. So we've been thinking about doing this podcast again. And going off the vein of our, the first book we did, it's kind of like... It's a little hard to describe the kind of book we're looking for to do on the show. Uh, it has to be. There has to be a bit of pretentiousness involved in it. And I don't know if this can apply for future books, but just... I mean, the book we have now, the book we're going to do, uh, this applies to it. Anyway, uh, there has to be a level of pretentiousness there. Um, it has to be sort of serious, uh, probably young adultish. Yeah. Uh, like a, <laughs> I'm not sure how you, like you said, how you would describe it, but like a pretentious teens. And it has to deal at least somewhat with uh, spirituality or religion without really knowing what it's talking about. Yeah, that that's helpful. So I don't know if this is going to be the format going forward, but w- with that in mind, as in terms of this is what I'm looking for in the book, I thought long and hard, yes. and I really couldn't come up with anything. So I was walking through the thrift store, because thrift stores are amazing, just for finding bad books. I was looking over in the uh, young adult fiction section to find more John Green, even though I, I feel like we should expand our vision to uh, adult adult fiction, because there's, there's a lot of bad adult fiction out there. Maybe once we... Once we uh, get practice and once we cut our teeth, I believe is a phrase. I'm not going to rule any genre out here, you know. Well, yeah. I'm not going to rule anything out yet. But just, anyway. So I'm looking for more John Green books, and I saw um, Paper Towns that he'd written. And I was like, eh, this doesn't look quite as, it looks dumb, but not as dumb as uh, the Catherine book. (laughs) And then I glanced over to more of the sort of young adult, but still at a bit of a younger reading level section. And the spine of this book caught my eye, and I was like, wait a minute. I know that book. It leaped out at you and clubbed you over the head. book clubbed me. I pulled it off the shelf. It is The Gospel According to Larry by Janet Toshjian. What a Tashjian. poetic title. I don't know how you pronounce that. It's the original hardcover version, the one I remember, because back in the day, back in Lewistown Junior High School, Lewistown, Montana... Youth. Yes, yeah, 6th or 7th grade, I believe. They had a small library in that middle school. Well, junior high, we called it. And, of course, young Montana. Jake being an avid reader. Of course. I, I ran out of books that are actually good. And uh, I sort of resorted to the, just whatever I found that looked mildly interesting on the shelf. I remember some really bad ones. There was, uh, there was this really dumb one about... Uh, Guys wearing dresses to school to protest a dress code. It was stupid. I remember the cover um, of that one, yes. I think yeah. you already talked about the the book series about cats fighting each other. Oh, yeah. No, there was one about, like, cats and an army. Warriors, I think it was called. Yeah, I read I some of those that. just because I was desperate. 
uh, I tried and reading Harry Potter, and my dad was like, "As witchcraft, no siree, Bob." And in hindsight, I'm glad he did that because that would just been dumb. Dad was looking out for you, man. Imagine, imagine what could be could be now if imagine that the horrors. Yeah, exactly. There was a really, there was a really weird one, and I don't, I don't know why these books were in the junior high school library. Just awful. But there were some really bad ones. There was one about uh, like two gay kids finding themselves. It was like, okay, I don't. This is creepy and weird. You didn't tell me that this is what the book was about, but halfway through, now I'm finding out that this, ugh, it's awful. Uh, Frankly, I'm for banning more books. Really, (laughs) I'm I'm all for banning books from schools. Um, Just on the basis of how dumb they are. There's a really bad one about this kid in the Catholic school hitting puberty and thinking he was a superhero and trying to jump off the roof. It was stupid. I'm not sure I quite follow. Um, His voice became squeaky, so he jumped off the roof. I don't. I don't know. Uh, oh, the schwa was here. I don't remember what it was about. I just remember the name. Maybe we'll do that. I don't remember if it was good or bad. But this book, I remember reading it and being uh, slightly annoyed by it. And I couldn't remember why. So I flipped through the pages and I realized the gospel according to Larry is the book we're doing next because this is amazing. I've forgotten that it was this bad. So, I have my... Uh, hardbound copy the cover has a uh, it looks like a uh, woman's hand holding a ticket to larry fest which is a plot point in the book larry and uh, if you uh just picking up this book for the first time read the back read the back cover uh, it'll give you an idea of what you're in for it reads it's an excerpt from the book and it reads sermon number 93 slip ah. on your gap jeans your nike t-shirt your reeboks or maybe even your cons if you think that makes it cool and ironic in a kurt cobain kind of way am i the only one who sees the irony of sitting in the lit class during 1984 having the class discussion of big brother watching out for us like if sometime way in the future some science fiction nightmare that's never really going to happen Hello, and this actually spelled that way. Hello, our lives couldn't be more dictated by the corporations if they gave our schools AV equipment in exchange for making us watch commercials in class. Oh yeah, they do that already. I don't think this person actually read 1984. And second of all... (laughs) Ads is not the same as the government spying on our every move, I gotta say. This just, it's very... It's what a middle schooler thinks of when they say, I want to fight the man. Well, it's what they would have thought of in the year 2001 when this book came out. One of the great things about this book, like I said, 2001 is when it came out. So <laughs> just the idea of of uh, what what you're fighting and consumer culture and the, in, in the age before smartphones railing about how we're losing our losing our individuality to the to the to the advertisers and how the internet it's this tool that we're going to use to all band together and fight the man with because it's it's 2001 that didn't quite work out there did it that didn't quite work out as well just imagine if this book was written in the age of the smartphone it was a different time i don't I'm sure the smartphone and Twitter would be seen as, as a good thing because the, the, the main character of this book, he, he, his, his little blog in the book that and it's a major plot point is this blog that he runs. It's basically just a Twitter feed. Yeah, it's everything you've seen a million times online. It's essentially just someone's Facebook posts, really. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm Freak guessing this book was written today. They would be uh, hailing social media as a great tool to great tool to fight the man with. Yeah, and, and really exactly. tell that tell that orange man who's who's <laughs> boss. You, you yeah, know, this book. You know. I think we have to we have to realize this book was written six Tom Brady Super Bowl wins ago. It was exactly. It was a different time. This is pre nine eleven. People, I don't know what that this has is... to do with the plot, but it's pre nine eleven. By about three it months. Was a different time. Um, I read it. Let's see, sixth grade. That would have been like two thousand six. It wasn't that old when I read it the first time. That was just five years old. Five years ago was twenty fourteen. Just to give you a further idea of this book, uh, the inside flap, the inside of the desk jacket says, uh, <clears throat> Recipe for Pop Culture Disaster. Makes one hyperactive 17-year-old searching for the meaning of life. And there's a footnote. Who isn't? With one culture-bashing website. Oh, another footnote. Word of mouth kicked in fast. A media frenzy. Third footnote. Did somebody scream shark? It changed the world rock concert. Fourth footnote. Check out the CD. And enough celebrity worship to canonize Princess Di. Bake at 350 degrees for teen senior year. Garnished with just one frightening and inevitable choice. Fifth footnote. I didn't want to do it, believe me. Serves millions. I'm very confused about all of those footnotes, first off. There's there's a theme throughout this book. Uh, not a theme. A, uh, a poor editing choice. It's this footnote thing. Uh, this was a fad for a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a couple months, but uh, humorous footnotes. That was a thing for a while. That was, that was big. It was. It was a different uh, time. It's not funny. It's frankly rather irritating. Makes me think of Bob Honey, who just do stuff. So you know, a classic. <laughs> the other uh, flap of the dust jacket has a bio of our author Janet Tashkian. It's the author of the novels. True Confessions, true is misspelled, only one year, so that bothers me, and Multiple Choice, both of which were included on the New York Public Library's list of books for the teen age. Mm. It's just an awkward way to say that. I see. Books for um, the teen space age. What does that mean? I don't know. Her chapter book, ooh, she's writing chapter books now. She's really wow, moving no up in the world. Her chapter book, Marty Fry Private Eye, was an IRA children's choice and a Bank Street College of Education best children's book. So she's apparently sort of goes back and forth between kids' books and young adult. Uh, Miss Tashian lives outside of Boston with her family. I see. And then there's just praise for one of her other books. Is she really the author of this book? Because in, in our note to the reader, she she claims absolutely no responsibility for this at all. She tries to distance herself from it. Do you want to go into that right now? Just well, go into wanna, the introduction? We can go into the note for the readers right there, I guess. Let me just pull it up because I don't have my... Uh, but first, the uh, the dedication yet. page. She dedicates yes. the book to the main character. You know how John Green, uh, he he put he added a, a quote a quote from his own book as the... <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, she wrote, For Josh and Larry, wherever you are. What is that? Is she trying to say, like, there's a Josh and a Larry out there somewhere? It's, so, it's supposed to make sense within the context of a little of the little uh, story within the story that she's made here. So uh, yeah, just yeah. just to help people understand the book itself, the Gospel According to Larry. There's a, there's a introduction and the sort of uh, at the back of the book there's an outro sort of to go along with the introduction. But it's as if somebody it's as if she gave the manuscript for the book to somebody. And they uh, sent it back and said, hey, hey, Janet, I read your manuscript. Uh, it seemed kind of devoid of meaning. The main character was kind of pretentious and weird. <laughs> and she went, oh, okay, uh, 
Hold on while I write something real quick, and then, you know, furious typing sounds. Type gives it back. Here you go. To the reader. Yes. A note to the reader. See, it's not me. It's not me writing this, guys. <laughs> All right, now this is supposed to be the author, and he's, he's making up this little story behind the story. While I was waiting in line at a local grocery store, a young man approached me and asked me for the time. I told him ten past four. I remember it distinctly, and continued emptying my carriage... Who calls a cart a carriage? This, um, this is America, thank you very much. But, uh, okay. Right. It, and continued emptying my carriage onto the conveyor belt. He hovered around the store's exit and approached me again as I left. He held a copy of my first novel. This is what you call the cops. Yes, this is it. Aren't you, Aren't a, you writer? a writer? I told him I was. <laughs> so, okay, there's a little bit of a, uh, okay. That's a, that's a line, I think that's a line from Johnny Cash's pro. Uh, poem Ragged Old Flat. Here's what nobody would recognize this. I don't think she has her photo included on the dust jacket. I don't know how in in like the story within the story here somebody would have recognized her as a writer. It's just okay. That is kind of a uh, I don't know if that's like an ego thing saying I've got the great story for you, he said. Oh yeah? I pushed the shopping cart toward my car. You know who the best person to tell your story is? He shook his head. You he smiled, then offered me a bundle of typed pages <laughs> held together with twine. It looked like a thesis, but smelled like the bottom of the earth. I didn't take it. The end. Oh, fantastic. That's oh, wait, no, she took it. No, never mind. Sorry, it keeps going. That's where it should have ended. I didn't take it. I got in my car and drove very fast away. You don't understand, he said. I'm not even supposed to be here. I closed the trunk and looked at him. Blonde hair, half grown out into its natural brown. Serious eyes, slight build, peaceful smile. Seventeen, eighteen years old. He looked vaguely familiar. This has to get published. He pressed the papers into my hand. I don't know what else to do. He stood on one leg. The other one bent and tucked <laughs> against it. It was a yoga position my son and I practiced all the time. That's so dumb. Tree pose, I asked. He nodded. I'm trying to stay balanced. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? McLean, don't you remember those uh, precious boyhood memories of doing yoga with your mom? Ah, uh, yes. Don't don't all boys do that? Is that a totally normal thing for boys to do? Yeah, yeah. Tree pose, totally. man. I remember my first tree pose. <laughs> it, it, it just gets worse from here. He seemed completely unselfconscious. Is that a hyphenated word? Is self-conscious a hyphenated word or not? I don't know. Maybe. I just came Maybe. back from Walden Pond. <laughs> you ever been there? Many, Many times. times. Wait, what is this Walden Pond? I don't think I've heard of this before. How overpopulated is that place these days with English majors? That's what I want to know. Well, they're How, all very like. <laughs> there's got to be. St- it's got to be standing room only up there these days. For a novel about someone who supposedly wants to be an individual, fall, breaking away from the trends and crowds and stuff, he is following falling into stereotypes very quickly here. Pretty deep cliches here. He pulled the paperback Walden from his back pocket. Okay, uh, disclaimer real quick. I uh, I actually counted page by... I went through the book and counted page by page. Thoreau and Walden are mentioned over 20 times. I see. Yeah, you're in for a treat, people. Uh, just, just to get it out of the way, uh, Thoreau is... I have a bone to pick with this man. Oh, you're not uh, This fan. is my own little... Ever since reading him in high school, this is my own little pet peeve. He's he's the philosopher of, like, the New Age hippie movement. I, movement? I don't know. But it's... 
English teachers love him. Liberal college teachers love him. Everyone loves him just because... I have a theory about this, actually. I, I feel like uh, the sort of liberal, more left-wing, new-agey, hippie, those kind of people... When you've thrown out most ways that people normally search for meaning in their life, like, I'll just say it, religion. Oh, You throw that out that. the window. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you don't have much left as a, in the way of like, okay, now how do I live a life that's meaningful? And then Thoreau is just, he's, he is just, he's there. He's someone you can glom onto, and it's kind of, it's true. really, he's all, he's all criticism. He's not really much remedy other than just, own less stuff and be nice to people and just hang out. It's a very, see, it's a very non-committal worldview. It does have like a, there's like a weird element of that's almost like a religious type of uh, person viewpoint, I guess. Like just, a man, like get rid of your stuff, get in touch with nature, and just hang out, man. It's so cool. You're just a Bible away from being a mainstream uh, Christian. Uh, Oh yeah, well no, um, uh, Thoreau, prosperity preacher. Yeah, uh, Thoreau and um, who was the other guy who liked him? Uh, uh, shoot, I don't. I suddenly forget who his friend was. Uh, Ralph Waldo uh, Emerson. Someone was it? Was it? it might was have been it Emerson. Ralph Waldo Emerson? Yeah, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Emerson. Anyway, uh, he, the guy who loaned him the place to stay at Walden. Uh, they were into uh, transcendentalism, I think. That's right. Which is yep. really just uh, God, but more hippified. Yeah, yeah. I guess. it's God, but more God, man. Yeah, just get in touch with your inner your inner soul, man. It's yeah, it's very. Uh... Well, anyway, the man himself aside, his biggest fans these days they just they just tend to be overly self important people, and they act enlightened just because they deleted their Facebook account, but then came back three days later. Hopefully, nobody notices. He just annoys me. The whole thing annoys me. It's just bothersome all right my throw rant is out of the way good all right anyway he pulled the paper bag of walden from his back pocket and started to read to be a philosopher is not merely to have several thoughts nor even to found a school but so to love wisdom as to live according to its dictates a life of simplicity independence magnanimity and trust he looked at me eyes shining isn't that the best what do you say to a kid okay. standing on one leg while quoting Thoreau? I mean, I can think of it a few things, but... Okay. Go away? I told him I'd read his manuscript. I set it up like a term paper, he said. I typed it on an old manual typewriter in the woods. Then I pulled stuff from the web, added some biblical quotes, and it all makes sense. Type? Is that how you do term papers? I, apparently... I like I like the added some biblical quotes. It's such an afterthought. Like, uh, I should probably make this sound deep and meaningful. I'll add stuff from the Bible. It's such an afterthought, especially for a, a book with the word gospel in its title. Looked at me, eyes shining. Isn't that the best? You're gonna find much more, much more meaning in the Bible, kid, than you are out of Walden. <laughs> it's think just. So? To live according to the dictates of wisdom, a life of simplicity, independence, magnanimity, and trust. You get all that in the Bible, plus more, kid. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, there's, there, I th- I'd uh, say the Bible takes that to a next, next step. Walden is like you take the Bible, you strip out all the God stuff, strip out faith, and strip out all that stuff, and you just left with a few of the nice things that Jesus yeah, said. Yeah. They're very, they're, they're nice things, I guess, but. That's about it. You get, you get a nice, pretentious uh, personality to have. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> all the fluff and none of the meat is great. It'll all he make places, sense. You'll see. He placed his foot firmly on the ground. If you decide not to help me, I'll understand. I asked how I should contact him. That's impossible, he said. I'll contact you. Okay, I'm calling the police right now. In the real world, that would be the other way around. The publisher would be saying, yeah. no, I'll contact you, kid. No, 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 no. don't worry. I'll, t- I'll, con- I'll call you. You don't have my number. It's okay. On the drive home, I skimmed through the pages on my lap. Wait a second. That's just, that's just dangerous. <laughs> this, was, this was 2001 before texting and driving became a big issue. On the drive home, I skimmed through the pages on my lap, and I hit in the three hospital, kids. I sat in the dri- I sat in my driveway, continued to read, unfazed by the gallon of ice cream melting in my trunk. This woman's like just scatterbrained. I thought he looked familiar. I raced back to the grocery store to find him. <laughs> he thinks he's still gonna be there. By the time he called the next day, I had read his entire manuscript. He never did well, he say asked. how he got her phone number, but that's interesting. His anticipation reminded me so much of my own, <laughs> waiting to get my first novel published. I told him I had another project I was working on, but thought his version of the story was important and needed to be told. I asked my editor, Christy, if she'd be interested in publishing the manuscript. After reading it, she was. This oh, was I before bet. angsty teenage pseudo-deep musings were widely available, so there was a big demand. This was also uh, before it was easy to pu- self-publish books on Amazon, where people could uh, just yeah. put their ramblings and manifestos online for people Trekking to read. time. <laughs> so, uh... I was thinking more 64 squares, but... Ah, uh, 64 squares, man. So she just randomly names him. Yeah, it doesn't. He just randomly starts calling him Josh, which is a little confusing. Josh also gave me a disc with photos he'd taken. We placed them throughout the book. The epilogue was my idea to add another perspective. <laughs> this is the this is the best sentence from the uh, from the <laughs> intro. I sometimes found Josh's story inspirational. Other times it seemed eerie and devoid of meaning. <laughs> Put that on the cover. Inspirational. Also eerie and devoid of meaning. In my research, I found some people who said Josh suffered from bipolar disorder or ADHD. One teacher even said he thought Josh had an acute, quote-unquote, messiah complex. All I know is the young man I met several times over the course of a month seemed perfectly normal. Ah, you are insane. But don't go by me. I sit in a room and make up stories all day. I'm uh, blowing out the mic. Are you reading a PDF? Uh, no, I'm reading the screenshots you sent me, with all oh, your yeah. scribblings along the side. <laughs> oh, good. When my editor mailed me the galleys a few months ago, I talked to Josh for the last time. You realize if we publish this, people will know you're still alive, I said. This whole mess might start up again. His voice sounded <laughs> calm and rational. It's really important for me to be honest right now, he said. I just want to write about the truth. I tried to reach him later to give him some copies of the book, but he disappeared. (laughs) Again, this is his story. The Gospel According to Larry. Spoiler alert, you are not going to find an actual gospel in here. The gospel is not in this book, ladies and gentlemen. I promise you that. Uh, The Gospel According to Larry, in my own words, by Josh Swenson. Typed on an actual typewriter in a Starbucks over the course of eight frappuccinos. (laughs) I added that, sorry. 
So anyway, we have a lot to look forward to. A very angsty teenager uh, rebelling against culture and uh, meditating in the woods. Yeah, I don't think we should go any further because there's already just a lot to unpack just on the There is page. some gold in here. It's going to... I want to talk about it now, but I'm going to have to hold myself off until McLean actually gets the book. Yeah, I haven't gotten my book yet, and Jake has already read the entire thing, annotated it, and wrote a thesis about it. To be fair, it's a, it's a relatively short book, and it's not hard to read. Yeah. Uh, which is fine, because it's, well, it's, you know, it's a it's young adult book. Read, um, it's a young adult, like, junior high, early high school book. So, yeah, obviously, yeah, I don't have a... I don't have as much of a problem with that as they did with uh, The Fault in Our Stars. It was like a third grade reading level, that book. Until yeah. they broke out the uh, the uh, big, uh, smart-sounding <laughs> words. I just want to know, McLean, are we going to get his opinion on eggs? I would like to know his opinion on the controversy. The egg debate has not been settled yet. We have to know. Actually, uh, on a related topic... And speaking about eggs and whether or not they should be reserved for breakfast, uh, if they're beautiful and rare, uh, I think I'm becoming somewhat of an extremist, because the other week I was thinking, say, why don't I drink pumpkin spice during the summer anyway? It I need feels help. wrong. Just does. I need help. I don't even think there's anything I think I would drink pumpkin spice year-round if I could. I tried that with eggnog. Didn't work out too well. No? Got kind of sick, actually. One thing you don't want on a hot summer day, eggnog. Yeah, but I can always get an iced pumpkin True. chai or whatever, True. just like just like a regular iced coffee on any day. But, uh, yeah. So, I have some stuff I need to work on about my pumpkin spice obsessions. So, I'm told this book actually had uh, two sequels. Yes, indeed it did. There was, um, I don't remember the titles, but I know he runs for president in the second one, and, uh... He goes to Walden Pond in the third one, and the author tells me that that's the most hilarious one of the bunch. Yeah, this one was designed to be more of a laugh-out-loud book. Yes. And I don't understand the plot point there. He went to Walden Pond because he did that in this book, too, so I'm just... I don't understand. It so. sounds hilarious already. Going to Walden I'm, Pond? <laughs> I am already laughing. What a, what a goof on me. I'm having a sensible chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a, what a time. I need to work on my sensible chuckling. It's not quite that sensible. So anyway, yeah, we have a lot to look forward to. Uh, what should we read up to for next time? Uh, I don't know. Mm. I haven't seen the book, so I don't really have... The book have... is divided into some weird sections, so... And the 100 pages in... Yeah, okay, we're going to read up to part three. That's about half the book, but it's a short book, so... This will only be probably a couple episodes, so, you this know... This is just not, a not primer too, to get us back into too bad. the game. Just warm us up, get us into the game. Uh, yep, we'll be reading up to part three. Better after this book, maybe some John Green. I yeah. I don't know yet. It'll it'll be good, whatever it is. So yep, up to part three for next time. Hope to see you there. Hope to hear you there. Hope to be there. I'm sure this you will. Been hear book, this 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 has been a book clubbed. I'm sure Jake. That was McLean. Do your homework, folks. Do your I'm, homework. Yes, yes. And be sure to take lots of notes, use a highlighter, and do, draw the little cartoons on the margin. That's what I always do. Make a little flip book on, on the side there. 